Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. Sun shining, the grass is growing and growing and growing. But that's all right. A uh, few announcements this morning. Uh, don't forget this Thursday for, uh, I guess most of us are over 55, aren't we? The, uh, the Seniors Day uh, conference at, uh, at First Christian there in Scottsburg. They uh, would like you to RSVP if you plan to be there so they'll know how many to fix a meal for. Information will be out on the uh, on the half round table after uh, after the service. See the Creation Museum, and uh, well, you can read that for yourselves. It's on the uh, it's on the bulletin. Forty days of great gospel music. Does anybody know who the Sure Shot Turkey Dusters are? Renee does. Anybody else? Well, let's just keep them in suspense for a week or two, shall we? Anybody have a birthday this week? Carolyn? Okay, anybody else? Good. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy Anniversaries. Nobody. Nobody celebrating. All right then, let's uh, continue to praise the Lord Amen. with uh, one that we uh, we learned a few months ago, and uh, I enjoy it. I hope everybody does. Horse and rider. I was singing to the Lord. Amen. Let's stand. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and rider thrown into the sea. The Lord my God, my strength, my Father's God, I will 
Number 169, I need thee every hour. in prayer, please. Our Father and God, it is such a privilege for us to be here in your house, in your presence in this moment. Lord, you love us so much. There can be no question about your love when we look to the cross. You did everything that was necessary to pay the debt for our sin a debt that we could not pay and yet live. But you did it, Lord, because you are God. And your love was expressed by the shedding of your blood. And that blood draws us nearer to you. Lord, we need you every second, every moment of every day. We need you. Your word is clear. Without you, we are nothing. But with you, 
all things are possible. Amen. Lord, have your way in this service. Touch every heart. Win us closer to you, Lord. If there's anyone here who has never accepted you as their Lord and their Savior, touch them, woo them, win them, draw them to you that we may celebrate as your kingdom grows. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning is number 252, Wounded for Me.
Mike Higgins has our communion meditation this morning. Entitled to the reading this morning is The Night That Nobody Slept. Guilt can keep you up all night. Pharaoh found that to be true. God instructed Moses to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites out of slavery. Pharaoh refused. So God sent punishments, ten punishments, all plagues. God turned the Nile River into blood. He infested Egypt with frogs, gnats, and flies. And God sent a plague on the livestock, cursed the Egyptian man with boils, and sent hail on the land, destroying all it touched. God plagued the Egyptians with locusts and total darkness. And then it happened, the worst plague imaginable. Babies were to die, the firstborn male babies of both man and animals, at midnight, God would pass through Egypt and all the firstborns would die. It would be the night nobody slept as everybody was awakened by the weeping and wailing and grief-stricken parents screaming out over the dead children. But not so far for the Israelites, God instructed Moses to have the children in Israel kill a lamb and put his blood on the sides and tops of the door frames to their houses. As the angels passed through Egypt, killing the firstborn, he saw the blood of the lamb and passed over the home. Grace was extended to those under the blood of the lamb, and grace is extended to us when we are found to be under the blood of the lamb of God. But that grace comes at a significant price. The firstborn of the Egyptians died due to their pride and stubbornness of Pharaoh. God's firstborn willing died for all the pride and stubbornness, all the sin in our lives. Jesus was and is our lamb, and as he ate and drank communion today, it should be with significant awe and gratitude to God Amen. for taking away our guilt yes. and passing over our sin you, because Jesus. of the work he did through Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this time where we can come into your house to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, dear Lord, for the blessings that you have put up, placed on our lives this past week. Dear Lord, we're thankful for everyone that's here assembled in your house this morning. And dear Lord, as we come around this table, as we take of this loaf, it represents our Lord and Savior's broken body, and this cup represents his blood that he shed there upon Calvary's cross for each and every one of our sins. And dear Lord, let's do this remembrance of him, having all our heart, our mind, and our soul on Jesus Christ and what he went through for us. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Let's take a few moments just for a a quiet one-on-one, -on -one, just us and God.
when Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room for the Passover meal. Jesus took bread and blessed it, broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body, broken for you. Eat of it. And after they had eaten, he took the cup, giving thanks. He passed it among them, saying, This is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me until I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. continue our praise and worship let's turn to 297 heaven came down and glory filled my soul
You may be seated just in time, preacher. Brother Mitch has the uh, special music this morning. How how y'all doing? Oh, well, this morning the message is about the Passover meal the Lord instituted the Lord's Supper for the first time, so I'm going to sing, fill my cup, Lord, or at least I'm going to attempt to sing it. Like the woman at the well I was seeking For things that could not satisfy And then I heard my Savior speaking Draw from my well that never shall run dry Fill my cup, Lord I lift it up, Lord. Come on, lift your cups up. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. There are millions in this world who are craving the pleasure earthly things afford, but none can match the wondrous treasure that I find in Jesus Christ, my Lord. Fill my cup, Lord. Fill it up and make me whole. So, my brother, if the things this world gave you leave hungers that won't pass away, my blessed Lord will come and save you If you kneel to him and humbly pray, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up and make me whole. Amen. Amen. Encore. Well, I got to get my Bible. Okay, I'll trade you. Scripture reading this morning is out of Matthew, the 26th chapter, verses 17 through 30. 
And on the first day of the feast of the unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? He replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him. The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared for the Passover. When the evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I will tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him one after the other, Surely not I, Lord. And Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely not I, Rabbi. Jesus answered, Yes, it is you. While they was eating, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until the day when I drink it in anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Amen. Thank you, brother. Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Oh, yeah. oh it's good to see everybody here this morning. And uh, special thanks to all the crew that came and worked yesterday. And I guess everybody noticed that the building's painted over there. Well, most everybody, yeah. There are a couple who came in sleeping and didn't notice. <laughs> but it looks good. It's bright and shining, blinding, so when your sun's shining on it. <laughs> uh, huh? Like a city on a hill. There you go. It just glows. But it was good to see so many people here yesterday working uh, together in concert and they, they, they had that first coat on so fast, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just, whoop, it, it was done. And I was like, wow. And uh, next thing I knew, they're cooking. And even though I didn't work, I did eat. <laughs> I was working in the house, though. I was studying for this message. So, you know, it's not like I was doing nothing. Uh, but I didn't hold a paint can, a, a paint roller or anything in my hand and you should be happy that I didn't blind people don't really paint all that well um, so I've been told <laughs> it looks good to me when I do it but you know I can't see it so whatever does it make oh all right well as we continue on and we're studying here now about the last supper now it starts out there on the first day of the festival of unleavened bread or the feast of unleavened bread. Now this, if I understand correctly, would have been a Thursday, uh, Thursday evening when the day started. 
And so he sends his disciples out to prepare everything, to get it ready. And, you know, some people think that uh, it was a matter of supernatural ability that the Lord knew uh, you know, the place where he was going to prepare. Other people think that it was something that was prearranged with the owner of the place. But you know what? That's a silly thing to argue about. It really doesn't matter whether it was supernatural that he knew he could go there and, and, and have his meal with his people there or if it was prearranged. It makes no difference. That's not the point. The point is... They went there (laughs) together, and they broke bread together to celebrate the Passover. You know, they got everything ready, and then when it was time, they all come together. Now, in my mind, I always have a hard time. You know, we we see the, the picture that's often portrayed of the Last Supper with all the guys sitting around a table with chairs. I'm sorry, that just didn't happen, folks. Uh, The way that they did it, they literally laid down on the floor. They had cushions that were in a U shape. All of the food was set in the center of the U. And they laid down with their feet away from the center of the room. And they lay on their sides, and then they reached... And grab the the things that they were going to eat. Now, that's a strange way to eat, folks, for me. I mean, you know, it's like eating in bed. Come on. (laughs) I've never liked eating in bed. (laughs) Uh, I can't imagine sitting up sideways trying to get a drink and not spill it. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I have a hard time not spilling it when it's straight, you know. Uh, But this was the way that they were... Arranged. Now, you got to keep in mind, too, that everywhere there would have been people coming together for this celebration. And so, you know how when there's a big concert or a big event going on in a city, all the rooms and the hotels are booked up before it's even time. Well, this room probably would have been sought after as well because even... Here, in this very church, in the other part of the building here, there are times when people have family get-togethers, and they don't have enough room at their house, so they come here, and they have their meals here. And it would have been no different then, because families and extended families, sometimes that included your neighbors, would get together to celebrate together. And so they would require a larger space than they often had in their homes, so they would have went and also rented a room like this. So it was not just them that's meeting, but everybody. But these disciples of Jesus and Jesus himself is what's most important about this day and this meal. You see, while others were drinking their cups, they had four cups that represented different events of the Passover. What happened all the way back when the children of Israel were in captivity and then 
after the plagues got released from Israel and through the promise that God made them and, and the command that he gave them that this day would be celebrated from then on. It still is, by the way. And so the four cups represent each different part of that command that God gave them. And that was back in Exodus, Leviticus, um, talks about how God told them to celebrate. And so on the third cup would have been the cup that Jesus changed. Normally they would have been having this cup to celebrate a part of their release and, you know, their freedom. But instead, Jesus now changes that. It's no longer about that. Now it's about him, the new covenant. Jeremiah and Isaiah talked about a new covenant would come. This new covenant was now being coming to be fulfilled. It was coming to fruition. Now Jesus is saying, this cup represents the blood, my blood, in this new covenant. So he's already predicted or prophesied his death three or four times uh, to the apostles, to the disciples. Now he's telling him, look, this is going to be fulfilled and this is what it means. This is what it means. When I die, when my blood is shed, this is going to be the blood of the new covenant. A covenant is what? What's a covenant? A bargain, an agreement between two parties. It's an agreement between two parties. And it's a legal agreement between two parties. And, you know... God never lies, right? And God never tells you, oh, I'll meet you next Tuesday at 3, and then don't show up. Never happens. He's there whether we are or not. And he gave them these promises. He told them that this new covenant was coming. He told them that a Messiah was coming. Now, this is the beginning of the fulfillment And he's explaining ahead of time what his death means. The shedding of my blood is the blood of the new covenant. He said, my appointed time is near even when he had them going to get a room. Now they may have wondered, what does he mean, his appointed time? Is he going to become king? Now he's showing them, it's time I'm going to die. And then he says this, while they're sitting there having the meal, truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. And each one, do you mean me? Do you mean me? Do you mean me? Comes to Judas, he said, do you mean me? He said, yep, it's you. (laughs) Judas already knew he was going to betray him. He'd already made arrangements. He was just waiting for the opportunity to... Turn him over to the scribes and the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin 
He was just waiting for the opportunity. Jesus is telling him ahead of time, I already know that it's you. I already know what you're going to do. Now, the others sitting at the table didn't understand that. But when he told Judas, yeah, it's you, he knew exactly what he meant. Have you ever had one of those moments? Have you ever had, you remember, there was a time in David's life when, you know, he had that affair with Bathsheba, had her husband killed, tried to pass it off, (laughs) didn't work. And what did the prophet say to him? He said, you are the man. You are the man. Haven't we had those moments when the Lord comes to us and said, yeah, it's you. You're the one that stinks in this bunch. You're the one that's causing the problem. You are the one who sinned against me. It's you. Haven't we all had those moments? Isn't that a fun time? (laughs) Yeah, I've had those moments when, when Jesus had to come to me and say, no, it's you. It's not them, it's you. And so here, we're not told what kind of expression was on Judas's face when he said, yep, it's you. <laughs> but can't you see his eyes getting big? Like, uh-oh, I'm busted, now what? <laughs> but Jesus didn't say anything else. He just let it go. Go and do what you're going to do is what he said later. Go and do what it is you have to do. Why? Because he knew it was all part of God's plan. You know how... You know how Jesus went off by himself all the time to pray to the Father? Part of that was to prepare him for what he was going to suffer, what he was going to go through. How many of you have ever suffered anything? Wasn't it nice to be able to go to Jesus and have him comfort us during that time, to know that he's with us? Even though we're suffering. I mean, and I know there's people who say, well, why didn't he stop him from suffering? You know, why, 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 why? Well, because if we don't suffer, we don't grow and we don't learn to depend on him. If you never have a struggle, you don't know who's your helper. You don't know, you don't learn how to get through it. And you, if you don't learn how to get through it, you can't teach others how to get through it. And Jesus said, the one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. You know, you think about what he's saying there. He's saying it's, it's somebody I'm sharing a meal with. <laughs> now, I know that's never happened to any of you all, where you had a guest that come in and ate with you and you shared things with them and then they went out and betrayed your trust and shared the things you shared with them with everybody else. That's surely never happened to anybody here. Right? (laughs) I mean, you know, you think about that. What he's saying is it's somebody who's really close to me. It's somebody I love. It's somebody who is supposed to love me. We sat down and eat bread together. You know, it has been said, at least in the East, it's considered there is nothing that makes you more personable than when you break bread together, when you have a meal together. You know... I've had business meetings in the past with people and the way we met was at a restaurant. 
you would meet and you would eat together and then you would have your business meeting afterwards. And the, the thought behind that is, is that by eating together and, and chatting during the meal, you have a chance to build a little bit of rapport with the person. You get to know each other a little bit better. And then you begin your business. Well, that's kind of what happened here, but Jesus already knew what the business was, and it was bad business. <laughs> Judas had evil in his heart. And that's why Jesus went on to say, the Son of Man will go, <laughs> just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. Now listen to this. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Why would it be better for him if he had not been born? Because if he had not been born, he wouldn't have condemned himself to hell. Where it tells us the worm dieth not. Where there is weeping and wailing. Where you burn in hell fire for all of eternity. You know, there's no room here for uh, the, the people who falsely believe that Hell is a place where you're only tormented for so long and then you just are annihilated. I'm sorry, there's no scripture to represent that. Then Judas said, surely you don't mean me. And Jesus said, yep, it's you. And this is when Jesus took the bread And he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. Now, they would have had a a round loaf of bread, a whole loaf, and Jesus would have broken pieces off of it or probably broke a piece off for himself, handed it to the next one. They would have broke a piece off, handed it. So he he may have even broke it in half since it was a U-shape and passed half on each side so everybody could get some. They didn't have the little, uh, little bitty pieces like we have. They had whatever chunk they happened to tear off for their communion. But they had their meal first. They had their love feast, their love meal first. Then they had this celebration of the Passover But when he said, take, eat, this is my body, they would have been scratching their heads thinking, what? That's not the tradition that we've been taught. This is not what we normally do. What's he mean? So they would have been curious. They would have taken notice that what he said was different from what they knew. And they really didn't understand it until after he had died and rose. Then they got it. Oh, that's why he said, this is my body. This is my blood in the wine. That's why he said it, because his body was broken for us. And his blood was shed for us. That's when he said, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Why? For the forgiveness of sins. 
And then he says, I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. So he's telling them over and over and over, this is my death. This represents my death. And finally, then he says, I won't do this again until you join me in my father's kingdom. That's basically what he's saying. I won't be with you again here on earth to do this. I'm going to heaven. I'm going back to my father's house. But you will come and join me there. And then we will celebrate this meal together. Guess what? You and I are going to get to celebrate that meal with him too. Doesn't that sound wonderful? You know, you think about that meal, that time. There will be no betrayers at the table. Everybody there will be pure. Everybody there will have been made into their new bodies, into their new likeness like Christ. Everybody will be filled with glory and with awe and with joy, peace, comfort. This will be a meal like none we've ever had before. I mean, you know, you think of the best restaurant you've ever been to with the best food you've ever had, and it's nothing compared to what this is going to be. Not necessarily because of the menu, but because of the host. He's definitely the host with the most. (laughs) We get to sit down with Jesus. Wow. What a privilege. What a promise. Think of it. Think of it. Then it says they sung a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, as we continue, we'll see about this, uh, what happens, how it unfolds. I'm sure everybody knows anyway, but as Judas betrays him, And the things that happen, that's what we're going to look into over the next couple of Sundays. But this building up, this this Passover meal, the Lord's Supper was established for the first time because it was changed by Jesus himself. No longer are we looking just at the Passover. No longer are we looking at the deliverance that took place place for the children of Israel specifically from Egypt. Now we are looking at the deliverance from sin for all because of Jesus and what he did. When we break bread like we did this morning, the Lord's Supper, that's what it's about. Now we can all be free from all sin because of Jesus And his willingness to die on the cross, to go through the beating, to go through all of the mocking, to go through all that he suffered. And yet, he never committed not one sin. So why did he suffer all that? Because of my sin and because of yours. That's why he suffered so much. And he did it willingly. He did it gladly because he loves us. And he wanted us to know him and to know the freedom that he brings.
from the bondage of sin. From the moment that Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, man's makeup, man's culture changed. We, from then on, were given the sinful nature that every person from then on was born with. And as soon as we're old enough, we try it out to see how this sin works. (laughs) We just have to know what it's like to do this or to do that. Maybe we're ignorant when we do it. Maybe we're not. God knows, and so do we. But there comes a point when we play around with sin so much, then we get our lives so screwed up, then the Holy Spirit comes and says, when are you going to wake up? When are you going to learn? Stop being stupid. Start living righteous and holy. Accept Jesus. And from the moment that we put our faith in Jesus Christ, boom, all bondage to sin is broken. Does that mean we quit sinning instantly? No. Old habits are hard to break, aren't they? I know sometimes I still say bad words when I hit my thumb with a hammer or something, you know. But that used to be my normal language. Every sentence I spoke was foul. Everything I said included foul language. Everything. And everybody I was around pretty much was the same way. So it was easy. But now it's hard when you're around a bunch of people who are constantly using foul language. And you're trying your best not to fall back into those old habits. But Jesus gives us strength. He broke the bondage. He set us free. Free to serve him. Free to do what's right instead of fulfilling the lust of the flesh. Now we live for Jesus to do his will. How are we doing with that? If you have a need, just mind the Lord and come as we sing. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is uh, number 370. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. If you have a need this morning to uh... thank you. If you have a need this morning to uh, to confess Jesus as your Savior, If you feel a need to, uh, if you're not a member of this congregation, if you feel a need to join with us, place your influence with this this church, with this body, with this sub-family of God's great family, if you have a need, come as we sing. Let's stand.
damage? Uh, nope. That's Maybe Cedar did. 